As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and Things flapping their wings on. All I know is Zach said he has a game where Shields don't read both 7,000 And I said, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do it. And so the yeah, purpose that's of. That's really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader. We lost Bo. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Are you taking it, Zach? Oh, I I'm like deferring, that. I'm deferring to you, Shields. Oh, okay. Hello, everybody. Uh, Shiel Kapadia, Zach Berman, Marissa Morris here. I think Bo had a specific intro planned, but he's not here right now. So what are we going to do today? We, we were off last week. We are going to do a full mailbag episode. Lots of questions pouring in yesterday on a range of topics, although I don't think anyone asked about Zach's honeymoon this time, so that was disappointing. That streak finally ended, but uh, lots of stuff to get to. You know, earlier today, ZB, I was putting together some sort of uh, starting lineups for a bunch of uh, teams around the NFL as I begin sort of my uh, preview work and uh, got through all the AFC, got through the NFC East, so it was rather eye-opening when I got to the Eagles and looked at their starting lineup. I said, hey, this is a pretty good starting lineup here. I mean, this this is up there with sort of a handful of teams that I look at and say they don't really have uh, a lot of weaknesses. Now, Bo just reappeared here for a second, uh, but he's gone already. So, ZB, what have you been up to? Checking out some OTAs, talking to some people. What's been going on? Sure. We will have OTAs this week. Um, well, I, I, I should say this. We will be at OTAs this week. The Eagles have abbreviated OTAs. Essentially, the NFL allows for 10 OTA periods uh, or 10 days of OTAs and three days of mandatory minicamp. And the Eagles are not taking advantage of that. They are doing six days of OTAs, and they're not having, and they're not having any of the mandatory minicamp. Uh, now, this is done with player health and safety in mind, according to Coach Nick Sirianni. 
and the first of the OTAs of the three OTAs are this week. They have three next week. We will be there later this week seeing them in person. They are allowed to do 11-on-11 work, but they are not doing 11-on-11 work. They're doing individuals, and they're doing 7-on-7. So there's only so much we'll be able to see. Uh, But we we will be there for the full practice, and we'll have all the updates you need on the Athletic. A a few other uh, bookkeeping notes, if you will, about the Eagles. Uh, Major news happened last week when – Andy Weidel, the Eagles vice president of player personnel, left to go to Pittsburgh, not as their general manager, but as their assistant general manager. So there will be a lot for us to discuss in the coming weeks on that as the Eagles finalize and formalize their front office changes. But those are big shoes to fill because he was in charge of the scouting department, set the draft board. uh, and, And so pay attention to these next few weeks when things start coming out, maybe the next few days, even as far as how they're going to construct that front office. And then the last pit of Eagles news we'll say is we spoke to a few players last week. I think most notable was speaking to Josh sweat. It was, uh, he addressed the, the playoff game when of course you, as you recall, he was absent with what the team deemed a life threatening situation. He had internal bleeding. He had, an artery that uh, was open, you know, was severed, or and uh, it was repaired in the emergency room. But uh, of of course, he explained what happened. He said he lost a lot of blood there. And then we also spoke to Jonathan Gannon for the first time. And and publicly, Jonathan Gannon did not reveal much. But reading between the lines, it's pretty clear that this defense is going to be more flexible, kind of more malleable to the opponent than they were a year ago. Bo, I know you uh, had a more serious intro plan. I feel like we just bumped like the, the, in- the whole we'll, thing we'll is just, so kiboshed. Yeah, yeah, we'll just bump the intro to the end. Why don't we? You know, we'll cover that uh, at the end. We're already sort of talk, talking. Sure. Yeah. We, we didn't want to sort. You know, yeah, we don't. You know, but Bo was going to get into kind of why we were why we didn't have a yes. show last year, last week. Obviously, uh, you know, m- much more serious topics at bay. But I feel like it's weird to go back and forth. So we're talking <laughs> Eagles. We'll talk <laughs> Eagles. Fine. We certainly can address that at the end. Now I have some questions about some of these newsy items uh, for you two specifically. So uh, let's get to them one by one. Uh, my first one is, are we making like uh, too little of this sort of, I mean, how different is what they're doing with their practice schedule and the OTA stuff? How different is it? Can you compare it to like, you know, an average NFL team? And are they the only team in the NFL to your knowledge that is doing it this way? Well, is uh so yeah they are outliers here i i i don't mean to speak over bo but i see you're no, go going in second. and out yeah <laughs> go ahead uh, this is a new computer okay. like okay i the, the wi-fi I should bad. be good i don't know what's going on i'm trying exactly. not to bo monopolize will, yeah I'm, I'm, bo I'm, will I'm, raise his hand when okay, he, uh, needs okay to yeah I'm trying not to unless he gets through like a three minute stretch where he doesn't freeze but other <laughs> yeah than this, that just assume it's your turn to talk Okay. They are outliers here. Um, they are, they Cincinnati Bengals, um, are similar in, in, in terms of they started it late and I need to pull up my notes as far as what the Bengals are doing in terms of their, um, off season program. Uh, but I, I do know because they went longer last season, they took a, a little different approach, but no, compared to the rest of the NFL. And I, I have a sheet. Um, if we weren't doing a, a, a video here, I would pull it up in front of me of, all the team's dates, but it is, it is rare 
not to have the full allotment of OTAs, not to have the mandatory minicamp. You saw it in the past two years because of COVID, obviously, and things were done remotely. And then last year, there was a negotiation as far as what they would do in person. But most teams are back now doing what they had been doing. Uh, so this is considerably different. I've never met a coach who wanted fewer practices until uh, Nick Sirianni here, right? So it's it's pretty interesting to observe, and, and, and we'll see the ramifications of it come the season, if any at all. Yeah, I mean, they gave credit to the sort of better health last year, right? You know, yep. it's all it's pretty much impossible to connect dots with that stuff because there is so much randomness involved in injuries. But uh, I, I don't have an issue with it. Now, I did see ZB that uh, I believe uh, Todd Harriman's, I think we can call him a friend of the pod. I think, think we all got along with Todd Harriman's when we covered him. I mean, I think we could have him on the pod. We, we should have him on the pod. I would pod. like that too. I'd like him to yeah. uh, return the messages we were sending him for a different story <laughs> if we're going to call him a friend of the pod. But. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I was unaware of those. So I take that back. Uh, a potential open invite, open invite for open invite. For uh, but he's, he seemed to raise an eyebrow or two uh, you know, he, he was raised under the Andy Reed way of doing things, which was certainly uh, different than this. I wonder if there are some other old school players who, you know, are, are thinking you got to get out there and practice in this. Well, I think Jason Kelsey's thoughts on this are, are relevant because he, he also, you know, entered the league in an Andy Reed training camp. And, you know, he was saying, I don't know if you guys already talked about this, but, you know, he said on Chris Long's no. podcast that like, He's not sure he'd still be playing if he was, you know, if they had the same no. practice schedule. He gave Sirianni's schedule a little credit for that. I, well, we I talked about it, that on a different episode. I mean, yeah. usually I'm the one who's not supposed to remember anything we talked about on previous episodes. No, I know. I, mean, I said I'm, pretty because much because I made because up my internet has been cutting out. I'm trying to make sure you haven't re-brought it up. That's all. No, we have not. Uh, but yeah, so I, I I find it very hard to get worked up over like how light the very light off-season practices are. Okay. So. Uh, real quick here, the Cincinnati Bengals are the only other team that does not have mandatory minicamp. And I can add up the OTA days to see how many other teams are doing. But the Bengals are the only other team without the mandatory minicamp. I'll, I'll, I'll and that's say they played yeah. until mid-February. Yes. Also. Yeah. Yeah. I, I similarly don't think it's going to have much of an effect on the season. Um, I, I think it's popular with players. I, I do think that if there's anyone who's affected by it, it's players like 41 taking shots shield it's an espresso uh, players you know players 41 to 90 on the roster you, you know take someone like michael dunn a year ago right um he would have gotten more reps during the offseason program than he would during the season when as we know the starters get most of the reps during the week and then the backups are doing scout team so i i think that this time of year like for the players that are most relevant to our listeners and viewers, um, they are not affected by it as, as much, and their bodies will probably feel better come the season. But if you're looking at your, you know, Tay Gowans of the world, Harry Vincent Jr.'s players you're developing, these would have been valuable reps for them that they don't get. Yeah, I like it. I, I think for uh, I think it's good that you think about it differently. Uh, I'm all for. Uh, less work and less emphasis on this stuff in the spring. Uh, and I, I think what you said is true, but I do think if you're those, you know, um, I don't know if you would name them developmental players or players who could benefit. I mean, I feel like those opportunities are still available to you, you know, to get uh, to get that work and to get extra work in. But I think it's a smart move. Maybe we'll see uh, other teams do it. The other question I had, you know, I don't know that we, we, we talked enough about sort of this 
front office turnover. I mean, what can you tell me about this? Is this is like if you're just kind of parachuting in as I uh, tend to do here with like Eagles offseason news like this? It's like they just had a tremendous two year stretch, I think, in the front office, uh, spearheaded by Howie Roseman. If you get to the point from when they, you know, decided their parting ways to Doug Peterson to now a lot of things have worked out really well for them. And you look at the roster and it's a lot better shape than I think anyone, including myself would have imagined at that point. And now all of a sudden the entire front office looks different than it did uh, three months ago with like a lot of these, you know, Lieutenant types, kind of the, the right hand men and women in the front office are gone elsewhere. And Bo, I saw you write that, you know, Jeffrey Lurie is known to pay, uh, handsomely for these positions. Uh, we know that we know, I think Zach, you wrote that they'll give a vice president title to just about anybody who walks in the building. So why then are so many people finding opportunities elsewhere that they, they find more attractive, more appealing than they do um, rather than staying at the Novacare complex? So I think I, I think there are a lot of things at play here. Um, and, you know, to your point, it is crazy. Four people leaving for assistant GM jobs in the same offseason is pretty That's unprecedented. Crazy. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, if you think back to our story from last offseason about the like the silos and the, the lack of communication between departments, if you look at how things are going to be structured now, I mean, it's really only one silo that took the hit. Now, Catherine Raich was was sort of um, straddling a few different things. She wasn't solely football operations. Right. But uh, the rest of the people, Ian Cunningham, Brandon Brown and Andy Weidel, they're all leaving the scouting department. Right. And so that is where there is all of this turnover everywhere else. Like, you know, I think Albert Breer reported that both John Ferrari and Alec Hallaby are going to be uh, promoted to some degree. Those are separate silos. Um, and so, like, I think that sort of tells you that, like, what not that there was any doubt that, like, Howie Roseman would win the internal struggle, knowing his standing in the organization. But that he has one, like it's sort of like it's done and dusted. And now he gets to remake this, the scouting department with guys who, you know, he is going to hire, who who are going to be indebted to him. It's not exactly like, you know, the Joe Douglas, Andy Weidel arranged marriage type situation. Um, I think it's it, it, it sort of speaks to uh, like not how he's growing power, but like the finalization of, of how he's power with, within the organization. Now, outside of Andy, which I, I think is a, is a separate topic here, uh, uh, they all left for better jobs elsewhere, right? right. Better titles, more responsibility, uh, closer to the sun, closer to power, if you will, right? And frankly, I I, I think, um, you, you know, we discussed it in terms of the timing during the uh, February period when, when the Eagles weren't thrilled about the timing of some of the, of the, of the departures. But I, I like that you build your front office with, kind of young ascending talent, right? You know, you should have people who other teams are interested in. If not, they're probably not as talented as you think they are. Uh, now, Andy Weidel's case. But it's a little, a, no, sorry, go ahead. I, yeah. I just I'll, mean it's I'll, different in like in scouting. It's like, how do you earn those reputations? It's not like you can like turn on the all 22 and see this guy is somebody we want on our roster. It's like, it's, it's just all seems like word of mouth, right? Sure. That and you know, you, you see someone on on the road, or you know someone who worked with someone. Um, that that yeah, that is that is accurate there. But it is a good you know, it's it's not as if the Eagles filled the front office with people in their mid fifties, mid sixties who are like you know, 
um, this is their last job. Wow, right? ages ageist over here. <laughs> yeah, I thought no. that was post role. <laughs> um, uh, no, they 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 were looking for young ascending talent, and I imagine that's what they'll continue to add to their front office. Um, in Andy's case, that's an interesting one because he's not necessarily going to a place with more power, if you will. Now he's matched up with Omar Khan. If you look at Omar Khan's background. Um, doesn't have an extensive background on the scouting side of it. Uh, from reading the coverage in Pittsburgh, Andy, you know, is responsible for the draft board, is responsible for the scouting department, similar to Philadelphia. Now, maybe he'll have more say as far as picking the players. We'll see how how that turns out. But there had been curiosity about Andy's role during these past few weeks. So it's it's that's one we'll get we'll get more information on. I do think this is a chance for Howie to to rework the front office, and I imagine you'll see some news coming in the next you know few days. And it, it, as, as far as uh, you know, some of the interesting names that they're bringing in, and some have already come out as far as Charlie Walls, as far as Brandon Hunt, um, and and some more on the way. Yeah, I think it is not a stretch uh, to say that like Andy Weidel was like that they were not renewing that marriage for another year, regardless. Um, I think he, I think whether, whether he wanted out, they wanted him out. I think, I think it seemed like that was headed that direction, no matter what happened. Okay. Well, that's interesting to me. Like given what I said that, uh, you know, we just see the final decisions and we get some insight into how the decisions are made. But uh, given our reporting in the past, I think that's interesting. And I think it's something, very interesting. Something to to keep an eye on. And uh, I know, you know, Zach, you were saying they left for uh, better jobs, which is true. But, you know, not everyone's leaving for like a GM job. And so to me, when you're kind of under that, are there ways that if you really want to keep someone and if someone's really happy, there are ways to work that out, uh, I would think. And yeah, Andy Weidel going to a team in the Steelers who just hired a GM. So it's not like right. that's a spot where you're saying, all right, that job's going to open up. So just, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see ahead. how they fill out the rest of their staff. But um, certainly something to keep an eye on that it's, it's a different group than we saw just have kind of a terrific offseason. Well, to that point, like the Eagles have not had an assistant GM title under Howie Roseman historically. We'll see if that changes this time around. But that's part of the reason that they are like able to lose four people uh, to that title. Um, and 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 what you were talking about before, just sort of like the perception of working for the Eagles around the league. My understanding is uh, it is like Jeffrey Lurie pays very well for those positions relative uh, to to other organizations. They do give out those titles, and and so in that sense, it, it's more of like a uh, I think seen by some people as more of like a good uh, landing spot before the next job than it is necessarily a place to like uh, end up, you know, finish your career, especially because there's a, an entrenched decision maker who's not going anywhere. And now Howie would, would love it if there was some type of compensation uh, for people leaving for assistant GM jobs. You know, I think right. he feels like, uh, you know, they're a matchmaker at a, at a, you know, at an unrecognized level. And I think he'll, I mean, he'll, in terms of like trying to attract talent, he'll also say like, he'll point to that and say, like, look at, look at where are the people who have worked here in the past have gone. Like, you know, mm -hmm. in addition to these four, you've got Joe Douglas and Andrew Barry and these guys. And so Patrick um, Stewart. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I think those, I think that's all part of it. Okay. We but got mail, mailbag questions to get to. All right. Why don't we do it? Does, does Bo take over again now? I think so. Him? Yeah. Okay, he's, he's, he's been unfrozen for like five minutes or so. So okay. I switched we'll lot fives, uh, and the, the, the mic seems to be working okay for now. So. Okay. We do well that. done. Shield. Good work. Uh, taking over. On, yeah, uh, team effort. Yes. 
All right, uh, let's get to it then. We start the burden edgewise with uh, Ari Fishbane, and sort of this is sort of along these lines. He says, in January of last year, there was a lot of focus on who Lurie should replace out of the quarterback, head coach, and general manager, and he chose to keep only Howie. Looking back now, that seems like the best possible decision. Can you imagine the Eagles being in a better position if he had chosen differently? So the, the sliding doors of uh, maybe he cleans house entirely or maybe he just keeps Doug or something like that. How do you, how do you think the Eagles would, uh, would, would be looking now? Well, yeah, I, I don't know that I totally agree with the premise of the question. I, I mean, I think there was a strong argument after uh, that, after the 2020 season to just kind of blow it up and start from scratch and find a coach and a GM align them together and say, you know, you two are the ones we're going forward with here. They chose not to do that. They, they blew it up, but kept Howie Roseman. And, you know, you, you mentioned quarterback in there. I hate to bring this up every time, but it, it's a fact that they were interested. They, if it were up to them and if Carson went said, let's, you know, let's let bygones be bygones and move forward together, that that was their preference. That was not his preference. And it worked out great for them. And they get credit for maximizing uh, what they got for Carson Wentz in return. So could they be in as, as good a uh, shape as they're in now? Uh, I mean, they could be, but I don't want to say that like, as, as you know, I don't want to discredit Howie because he has done a very good job of rebuilding the roster uh, since then. So I want to uh, credit him for doing so, but you know, would there be a scenario where they had a different GM and uh, and a different head coach, and they're in a similar situation? I would say possible, probably not over fifty percent. I wouldn't say it would be probable, but I would say there's a possibility that they would could be in a similar spot there. So I don't know if I have a good answer to that or not, but that's kind of I don't know why for this mail mailbag. I actually have I have like notes. I looked at the questions ahead of time. Um, this is very unlike me, but uh, that that's what I came up. Yeah, it's it's hard to say what a different G, a different GM would have done. I, I think Howie did a good job taking what they had as far as Carson Wentz and what the number six pick in the draft and turning it into what he's he's turned it into. So I give him credit there. I I don't know what the plan would have been for you know you know GMX that they that they would have hired. Um, the slight the scenario that I'm curious to see if there would have been a, a material difference would be what if Doug came back and agreed to coaching changes that, that, that was not press Taylor and was not Matt Burke, right? Like that, that if, if he said, okay, tell me which coach is the hire. I, I want to come back. How would that offense have been last year? How would the team have been last year? How would they be different now? Um, because we, we do talk about the, what if they cleaned house scenario, but what if they ran it back and just didn't run it back with Carson? That's that's what I'm interested. It's a good in. question. Yeah, yeah, I I would I think there are people around the league who would tell you that if they did that and they just said Doug work with Jalen Hurts going forward, that they would be in a similar situation uh, to what they are now. Uh, I don't I don't think that that's crazy. I mean, the best of Doug Peterson, we saw it in the city, and it would certainly be capable of going nine and eight with that roster last year. And again, that's not to discredit Nick Sirianni. He did uh, a great job. So it's a hard uh, question to answer. And ZB, I need to give you credit because, uh, you know, I think part of this question is what you were the first person I heard to say, uh, which was that Howie Roseman is best at the aspect of the job that he's done over the last two years. The 
shoot, we're not in a good spot. We got to reorder some stuff. We got to accumulate some resources. We have to make some moves. We have to maximize what we have at our disposal. Uh, I think that is his, I think you said that very early on. Uh, I remember on this podcast and I think that's right. And so I think he has uh, proven that once again. And now we kind of enter the next phase here with, What's next? Is is everyone going to be pulling a year from now? Will everyone be pulling in the same direction? Will there be stability with the organization? Will they have an answer at quarterback? This next step uh, in terms of how we skill set, I think, is probably harder than the past two years. I I, I think the other potentially uh, interesting slotting door scenario is if you had completely cleaned house and brought in a, a quarterback and GM or a head coach and GM pairing last year, would they have been more willing to potentially draft a quarterback at six mm. last year? You know, would you be sitting here with Justin Fields or Mac Jones or something like that? And I don't know. That's you're probably not necessarily better off if that's the case, but what something to something to think about. Okay. All right. Next up, we have a question about Alshon Jeffrey. And so I will uh, obviously read this in Alshon's voice. Uh, Perspective on Alshon Jeffrey's career as an Eagle. Where does he rank in significance, impact among Eagles wide receivers? Top five, top ten. I say they don't win a Super Bowl without him. Responsible for three to five wins that season. So near the top for me, but I'm also a huge Gamecock fan. So, Zach, where does, uh, where does Alshon rank? Now that we've had some distance from the disappointing end to his Eagles career, how do you, think, how do you, how do you see him fitting in in Eagles history? Well, not top five among wide receivers all time. but uh, Yeah, that seems know, like a stretch significance impact i he's i i do think he's underrated right like i i think if 10 years from now you go and you look at his numbers never had a thousand yard season right really did um, have any 60 cash seasons <laughs> yes he did okay uh, but uh <laughs> that's funny um but uh no I, I he's he's one of those players who i think when you see the effect that he had on the offense when you see the difference from the, you know, from the offense when he's in there compared to when he's not in there, uh, you appreciate him more. Um, he was, uh, so he was a very impactful player for two really good teams and, uh, or I should say one really good team and another team that was kind of inconsistent, uh, but was talented. And I, I, I think that, and yeah, this, the ball. yeah, but you know what? That's, I've said this on this podcast. That's one of the narratives that really bothers me. If, they would have right. won seven Super Bowls. That <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. He would have caught that. Yeah. But also, caught that but also he should have caught the ball. It doesn't mean they would have won the game. Yes. Yeah. No, still, absolutely. That's still a boner. Yeah. That he, uh, yes. High profile boner. Yes. But I'm saying, but if I, I, I still say to this day, if, if he catches that ball, Drew Brees takes this, the Saints downfield and the Saints still win that game. Right. So, uh, I, I don't think the Eagles are in the Super Bowl or if 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 he catches that ball. Um but uh yeah, he's he's an, he's a very important player on the best team in Eagles history. He he is uh, I I yeah, I I agree with you pretty much wholeheartedly there. He is a guy who in like 10 years, you know, there'll be some young, uh, young buck radio host in the city. Lots of turnover there, by the way, we, we are available. You know, if anybody uh, is, we're always available. That's right. So you know, that goes for everybody. Uh, we're always uh, available, but um, I think there'll be some young buck radio host who has uh, ZB on. Hey Zach, you know, you wrote the book on the 2017 right Eagle Super Bowl here. team. And uh, what was it called again, Zach? Underdogs, the Philadelphia Eagles, emotional road, okay. Super Bowl victory. Yes. Okay. So you were about that team. You know, I was thinking about this. I was going on pro football reference. 
Alshon Jeffries, you know, that year, <laughs> not very into the stats. I feel like, oh, Alshon, I mean, look at the stats. They've caught 47.5% of his targets. That's horrible. That's one of the worst marks in the league for a starting wide receiver. You know, he played in the city for four years and uh, he was only good or, you know, reasonably good for two of them. You look at those percentages, the advanced stats, they were horrible. I know he's coming back for the ceremony this weekend at the link, but I don't understand why this guy gets that much love. And then Zach's going to have to explain which you just did. Well, that the, 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 I do, I do agree that the numbers don't reflect Alshon Jeffrey's impact uh, on those teams and the Super Bowl team specifically. I mean, I thought he was really like a pulse guy for them that when he showed up, when he's catching the ball in the first quarter, uh, you know, for a first down or converting a third down or something. Uh, I felt like it did give some juice and some energy uh, to that team, to that offense, and even in like the locker room uh, afterwards with that kind of thing. And so uh, I think he was more impactful than his number suggests. Top five? No, no way. I mean, they're absolutely he's yeah, not even on. in. That's not even a conversation to me. Uh, but uh, I do think his impact was greater than his number. Well, suggests. like who who's whose Eagles career would you rather have, Alshon Jeffrey or Jeremy Macklin? Like mm-hmm. Jeremy Macklin, by all accounts, like a, a more productive receiver yeah. over the course of his time but i mean the 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 heights of alshon you get a, you know you get a super bowl i feel like yeah who, who do you rank higher that doesn't mean he's better you know yeah it doesn't right. mean he had a yeah, better career with the eagles than macklin i haven't looked into those numbers but yeah i think that to answer that question that's easy that's jeffrey yeah. all right uh next up i think this is maybe i would say one of the most important questions that's ever been asked um on this show and uh it's gonna it's a very divisive Question, Macklin like. was great. Sorry to interrupt. Macklin, that one year, Macklin was fantastic. I 2014. 2014. It was before yeah. his contract, right? Yes. Was it? Well, that yeah. was was that after the he had resigned. Exactly. So he, it was, he had it was resigned after the for one year. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, he was legitimately. Uh, it wasn't just the numbers. I remember there were a lot of eye popping, like highlight level high yeah. level catches that was kind of who everyone wanted Macklin to be which he couldn't sustain and, and, he, yeah, and then he wasn't that any like ever he was again never that yeah. all right sorry go ahead important question all right Sheil from Johnny Bravo I'll start with you what is the best meal of the day yeah this is very simple uh, to me and I know I'm going to take heat for this and people are going to disagree uh, to me it's breakfast I mean I don't have to think about breakfast, the, uh, all the options available to me at breakfast. I love now. What do I, you'll say, well, what do you eat for breakfast? Well, every day I'm home, I make the same smoothie, which I've got, you know, given the recipe here a hundred times, but you know what? I like that sort of, uh, regular aspect to my life that it's morning time. Mm. I've had my coffee. I'm sitting in this seat. I'm a little hungry. You know, I used to try to wait till 10, 10 30. I'm off that now, uh, eight o'clock. I need to fill the body with some nutrients with some protein and I can just go over there make it. I don't get tired of it. I've been having this smoothie for like 10 years every day for breakfast and it, I don't get tired of it. It's great. I know exactly what I need when we make the grocery list. These are the things I got to make sure I got some almond butter. Hey, are we out of cacao nibs? Marissa uh, turned us on to the cacao nibs. I've been putting them in there ever since. Throw some chia seeds in there, a little banana, almond butter, spinach, cinnamon. I mean, this is a great smoothie. And so that's why I would say breakfast. However, I also prefer breakfast if it's, hey, you know, uh, let's go get a meal. Uh, it's Saturday. Let's go out. Outstanding. Get some eggs, some potatoes, an omelet. Oh, you don't have that? Oh, you have French toast. Do you have waffles? Uh, I'm not a big, you know, I don't order pancakes, but if you're giving me pancakes, I'm going to be excited about that. So pretty much anything you can offer me, uh, vegetarian, for breakfast 
Uh, that is a food that I very much enjoy. It comes with coffee. I mean, that's outstanding to me. So that to me was a very uh, easy question. Mm, Zach, where do you land? I'm a lunch guy, honestly. I, Zach uh, doesn't like breakfast food, right? Yeah, I don't like breakfast. Okay. It's it's uh, it's something I because Emily tells me the same thing how important breakfast is, and I just, I don't like breakfast food, right? Like I'd like lunch food or 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 dinner food, Ugh. and and so uh, no, but lunch I it's I I feel lunch is more efficient than than dinner often. Mm, you're right? all about stressful. Lunch is too stressful. No, that's like like you can eat every lunch day. Quickly. You can eat every day. Go. Noon comes around. Um, what are we having for lunch? I don't know. What do you want? I don't know. Should we order something? I don't know. Should we make something? I don't know. Well, we just went grocery shopping. Yeah, I know, but I don't, none of that looks appetizing to me today. I mean, Easy. this conversation happens every day. Dinner too. That's why I can't go lunch or dinner. Yeah, Marissa's no, Jones in again. We need yeah, to get we got to get Marissa in on this. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I'm everything you said, Sheil. I'm definitely team breakfast. One hundred percent. All I right. mean, I do like lunch and dinner too. Like as Zach's <laughs> talking about lunch, I'm like, hmm, okay. But I wake up in the morning and I can't wait for breakfast. Yeah. Every so I got to go breakfast. What's your sure. breakfast routine? Oh, I mean, I make big <laughs> breakfast. Like honestly, like probably not normal. I almost always have eggs some sort of way, whether it's like on a gluten-free bagel or with avocado and toast. If I have oh, leftover potatoes sounds, that I made oh, for dinner, I make big breakfast every morning. Like I wake up starving. So right. we know what we're eating on our Cleveland trip. Everyone yeah. over to Marissa's for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> you got I feel it. like my answer to this has changed over the course of my life. I feel like growing up, I was all about breakfast. Uh, <laughs> seems so nervous. Like he's going to reveal something. Here. No, I no, I'm not nervous. Right. I feel okay. like I just right. think this is a very existential question. I feel like it reflects like the stages of my life. I think, I think oh. early on big time breakfast guy. Okay. Uh, I feel like, you know, 10 years ago, I might've said dinner, like a love, love a good dinner out. And there's nothing, yeah. you know, it sounds fantastic. Yeah. Uh, great meals, but I, I'm a, I think I'm a lunch man. And, wow. and it, wow. I, I think there's something to what she'll said. There is more stress. I think there's more, uh, more variance with the lunch. Sometimes you got to scrape by with, oh, high uh, variance. with leftovers and it's not great. I, I don't think that it's the most uh, consistent meal, but I mean, to me, like a good, a good sandwich, yeah. there's nothing better. Or a slice, or yes. There's nothing yeah. better than a than a good sandwich. And so if I if you're telling me I get a little time to myself, get a get an Italian, get a bon me or something, that's 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 the that's luxury right there. That's that's to me the highest upside. Plus you're talking yeah. like you know I'm paying fifteen dollars for a great sandwich versus like you know going out to dinner for a great meal. It's like over a hundred bucks. Come on. Jeez, where are you going? <laughs> Yeah, get a couple, get a a bottle of wine. I don't know. Okay. Oh yeah, I go lunch. All All right. right. Well, that was so that that was so. uh, Yeah, we can so heavy that I feel like we got to take it. We got to take a break at least and and rebound. Maybe within these ninety seconds, we can all get some extra lunch. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, back on Burns with Friends, Bo, Zach, Sheil, and Marissa. How'd you guys uh, spend your your long holiday weekends? Any good? Oh, uh, any good we got a lot of we got a lot of questions. Was that a question in the mailbag? Otherwise, you can't, can't prioritize yeah, I your questions it, I over the readers. It to myself, it's fine. Yeah, it's nice. It was nice. I want to give, I want, I want to give a shout. Oh, how happy anniversary! Thank you. Yes, what happy you, anniversary too. to both of you me guys, Sheil and happy. Zach. I, I asked oh, my wife. I said, "Did we know Zach had the same?" Got married on the same day. I feel day like we have talked about this before. And she goes, "Yes, you've talked about it on the podcast <laughs> for like three straight years." Oh, okay. <laughs> you guys should do a, you should do a double date on your anniversaries. I'm in for I'd that. Be happy to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to give a shout out. We had we we spent a lovely afternoon on Friday at uh, I have talked before about uh, Birch Run Hill Farms. Their cheese. We went out to their you out have? to the farm in uh, in Chester Springs. Okay. And uh, lots Je- of Indians in a Chester Springs. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Jesse Defop, a uh, loyal listener. Uh, we see him at the farmers market every week. He he hosted us there. They've got a they've a happy hour thing going on, uh, like a pop up thing. Fridays from three to six or three to seven, you can go get some cheese, get a little wine, and we got to see the cows in action. He showed us the like the robotic machine that milks the cows. Really fascinating, and the kids had a, had a great time. We've been talking about it ever since. So hold so on, the guy who the guy who runs the farm is a defop. He's the uh, it, it's his his parents' farm. He's he he and his brother. Uh, oh. They all run it together. Yeah. Oh, the four of you them. You've keeping this undercut that you haven't mentioned I've, this. I certainly have. That's an easy trip for the Capadia. I'm go telling you, you got to go. go see some cows. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, we we saw Scarlet the cow getting milked okay. milked by the machine. An unbelievable piece of machinery. This thing. But so I recommend it to anybody uh, in the Give area. Give us the name again. Fridays. Fridays at Birch Run. My saying Birch Run Hill. Yeah. Spell it. Okay, hold on one second. Like Bertrand Berry? <laughs> no, B R B I R B I R C H R U N Birch Run. Oh, it's like Birth Run if you're spelling it. Birch. Not Birch. a T, a C. Birch oh, Run C. Hills Birch Farm. Run. Well done, Marissa. <laughs> Thank you, Marissa. Yeah. <laughs> Marissa spelled it out if you're watching yes. on YouTube. All right. Yes, Birch Run Hills Farm. We had, a, we had a fantastic time. And if we don't want wine, we can just go another day. Well, I think it's only open to the public on Fridays. Oh, all right. Well, Otherwise, I mean, detail. it's just a, it's a working farm. They got a lot of work to do. Okay. Yeah. So Friday afternoons, head on out to Bertrand Hills right. Farms. We'll meet you on, there. on the topic of the uh, weekend. This, uh, this isn't a mailbag question, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up. I had the AirPods in. I was listening to the last two shows for Ray Dinger. Uh, we can speak about Ray Dinger for a moment, but I, I, I want to give a shout out to Shield's story because I. I thought that was outstanding. I, I thought it was a touching piece. I thought it was, uh, you know, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was well written. I, I, I enjoyed getting to know Sheila and his dad in the story. Um, I, I thought it did a good job capturing Ray. And uh, Love it, Dylan. I, 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 I know we we did not have a show last week, of course, but um, you know, I, I wanted to mention it today. If you haven't gotten a chance to read it, make sure you check that out. 
Thank you. I appreciate Fantastic that story. A lot of people, a lot of people letting us know that they uh, made them cry. Uh, I would count myself among them. Zach, when's the last time you cried? When was the last time I cried? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I cry. I, 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 I cried recently. Yeah. I oh, cried recently. Oh, okay. I mean, more details? No. <laughs> no, okay. I mean, yeah, no more details. But, um, yeah, no, I, I thought that was a really good piece. And I, I do want to mention. Mm, shots fired. Uh, he didn't cry at your story, Shill. Uh, okay. I, 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 it's not like the I, goal. I, mean. <laughs> I also want to mention Ray, too, um, because, uh, you know, it's, uh, similar to Shiel, uh, I, I grew up in this area. I grew up watching Ray, listening to Ray, reading Ray. Um, I have his encyclopedia behind me. I have his biography behind me. And uh, uh, I, I think Ray is a good example of how to be, uh, of how to, that you don't have to be bombastic or outrageous to be, you know, respected and in his case, adored, you know, to like, like to do good work. I, I, I think we've come up in a time where it's, it's, it's almost as if the, the loudest voice is the one that's heard the most. And in, in Ray's case, it's, it's not that he's soft, you know, it's, but it's, it's, it's that he comes from a, a, uh, a reasoned, informed place and I, I i think he's a good example of that so uh i appreciate ray yeah i think that's well said i think a lot of times when people make the point that you don't have to be bombastic uh they miss the part but you also can't be boring and yeah. so you have to be uh entertaining uh informative and man just all the stuff he did in his career i mean a 53-year career where you're a five-time pennsylvania sports writer of the year you cover the eagles beat zach's hot on his heels though yeah zach how many do you have i i have one so i'm okay. not hot on his heels yes he's got plenty of time <laughs> 53 uh, years yeah then you are a columnist uh after that you decide you're gonna do something totally different and go to nfl films and you're a writer and you have these a, a writer and a producer a director and you have these uh actors voicing your words to these nfl films pieces that go down in history then you transition over to radio uh, where you're an outstanding broadcaster. Then you're on TV. And I asked him because he said he's the slowest sports writer in the history of the NFL. This anecdote was in there, but I'll, I'll share it here where he said, I think there were 26 straight Super Bowls where he was the last person out of the press box to Love the that. point where NFL PR like legitimately said, we need to just get Ray his own bus because there were like six writers who were really slow, but they were still done like an hour before Ray. And so they just said, we can't make them wait for an hour. And so he had his own bus. And so I asked him, you know, how did you go from uh, that to really taking your time, crafting a story? And the next thing you know, he's on Eagles post game live, which I'm sure many of our uh, listeners know that there came to a point where you said, all right, Eagles game's over. Switch over and see what Ray's going to say about this. You know, specifically, I think after a loss where how hard is he going to be on them? How much is he going to crush them? And there you have no time to uh, formulate your thoughts. And he was able to just transition into that and do that at a very high level. Then he just writes his own uh, play. I mean, who writes their own play when they're in their late sixties or seventies that just go travels to, you know, all these different theaters uh, in the Philadelphia area. And then I think at the same time, what really stood out, everyone who spoke uh, about him, just his kind of connection, the time he made for everybody. I think we've all seen that 
firsthand. Zach, you've done book signings with him, uh, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and yes. you know, just anything you do, you just like he's the one everybody uh, wants to talk to with those things. Yes. So they want to ask him a question about something that happened, or they want to shake his hand or uh, take his picture. And I've really seen uh, nobody who is as gracious with their audience. Like he never lost that, that like, I don't have a job uh, without these people. And so to, to do that as well. And so, uh, yeah, it was, it was a career highlight to be able to sit down with him just for an hour, hear him tell stories. I was like, man, even when he retires, I should just call him up and be like, I'll, you know, lunch on me and this will be off the record. Like, I just want to hear uh, more of these stories. And uh, as uh, many know, he doesn't have a cell phone. And so that was funny when I was going to meet him at the WIP studios, uh, I was at the wrong entrance. And so I'm kind of checking my watch. All right. You know, uh, I figured he would be early. I'm early. He's not here yet. I'm going, well, there's nothing really we can do about it. I can't text him or call him or email. Him. It's like a Seinfeld episode. Yeah. It's like a sign. And then I just see this guy walking around the corner and uh, there he is. Oh, I thought you were, you know, I thought you were going to meet me at the other entrance and then I'll oh, sorry. But you know what? Uh, as he said, you just figure it out. It's not that, uh, it's not that big of a deal. So, uh, yeah, that was a uh, great radio this weekend and, uh, best luck to him, uh, in his retirement. Well said. And obviously if you haven't read that story, go read it. Uh, I would just say like my own dealings with him, super gracious, everything that you hear, like totally true. Uh, he was generous enough to talk to me about Chuck Bednarik last year for the NFL 100 uh, series and was just super gracious. And, and, you know, his, his wealth of information too is, is, is crazy. I remember one of my first uh, training camp might've been the first training camp I covered uh, at Lehigh, you know, it's uh it's an, it's intimidating to just, if you're not sort of just around all these people all the time, uh, you know, your first time kind of doing, I just remember walking over to the tent, looking around, where do I sit? He's on the end, bumps in one over so that I can sit on the end there. Uh, a very tiny gesture, but sort of the gestures that uh, he became known for. Should make a movie of his life. Call, call it Ray, let Jamie Foxx play. The lead. Uh, NFL Films is doing a piece on him, actually. So there will be, uh, it, it will not be oh, what you're saying. Full yeah. the media gossip. Not yeah, really, yeah. I like that. I hope I was allowed to say that. But <laughs> anyway, it's out there now. And we're live. So. <laughs> All right. Back to the questions. Uh, let's go to uh, Philadelphia Sports Lover, who asks, how many turkeys would you put on Kenny Gainwell ending the season as the Eagles' leading rusher? And how do you see the workload being beat up in the backfield, Zach? Uh, so I would put maybe 30 turkeys, right? I I, I think Gainwell's going to have a role, but I, I think even if Miles Sanders goes down, Gainwell's not the primary running back, right? Like I, I think he's more of the third down style running back that, that they'll use. He'll catch the ball on the backfield. He'll get carries here and there. But I think they would probably, if, if Sanders goes down, they would turn to Boston Scott. Maybe Kennedy Brooks shows something. And he emerges. Maybe they sign someone. Yeah, we all know Jordan Who's that? coming back. Yeah, <laughs> Kenny Brooks is yeah. an undrafted rookie out of Oklahoma. Okay. He's one of four players in Oklahoma history to rush for over a thousand yards in three different oh. seasons. Nice um, job out of him. I thought the name was incredibly accused of uh, uh, assault. Oh, okay. domestic, domestic violence. So just well, that's on there. Okay, uh, um, I put. I put 15 turkeys on this. I'm kind of with Zach. I mean, I have a hard time seeing a scenario where this would be, you said 20, right, Zach? You said 30, but yeah. Oh, you said 30. All right. So I'm even less uh, bullish on it. I mean, I just, I, I don't know what it would take. It would take a Miles Sanders legitimate injury, you know, not just like a miss four, you could miss four or five games. I think he would still outgain Gainwell. And uh, even then, 
I'm not sure Boston Scott wouldn't uh, like beat him in in rushing yards over that span, even if Miles Sanders misses like eight games or something. Yeah, you change it to yards from scrimmage and you you bump up the turkeys a little bit because uh, if there is an injury, maybe he's on the field more as a as a pass threat. But yeah. I, I, I didn't see quite as much juice from him as I was hoping to last okay. year. Okay, yeah. As a, as a we'll game see what offense. he does. Uh, Shield, Mr. National, what uh, what potential Band-Aids are out there to upgrade safety at this point? Any veterans expected to be June cap casualties that could help? Yeah, I, I was hoping we wouldn't get to this question. Okay. You know, I went through my best remaining. It's from a, my, I mean, yeah, it's, it's ugly. There's, my top 150, there are, there's literally not one safety right. on there. I, I think one guy, maybe to keep an eye on, Chuck Clark. From yeah. the uh, Ravens, you know, I was going through their depth chart. They obviously drafted Kyle Hamilton and they signed Marcus Williams. So unless you feel like Hamilton's going to be in some type of hybrid role, uh, then maybe he would be someone who could become available. He's a he's a solid starter. I don't know how old he is. I think he's is it in Chuck his, Clark or Clark Chuck. Probably in his mid to, mid to late twenties, has been a good player from a good organization. Uh, you know, I don't. I feel like people are going to let, like listen. You can't have like a stud at every position. I mean, there's a very good yeah. roster. You, you signed Bradbury. You signed uh, Hassan Reddick. You signed Kaiser White. You drafted Jordan Davis. You drafted Nicobe Dean. Like, I'm sorry, Johnny Gans. You're gonna have to make up for you know having average safeties. I'm not saying I agree. I, think that's you know, right. I, I don't philosophically say like safeties don't matter. I would love to have a great safety uh, to watch on film every week. But at some point, like that's every you know a lot of coaches in the league are gonna be working with a lot less. So I don't need. I don't think that they need to do anything drastic. I would have loved to see them make a move if there was one to be made earlier this offseason. I think they obviously tried uh, and came up short, but they didn't just sit on their hands. They made other moves. And so Anthony Harris and uh, Marcus Epps is not like the, you know, I don't think that's like the worst safety tandem in the NFL. It's probably below average, but, you know, so I would say slightly, it's a slightly below average safety tandem. It's not like, you know, the position that's going to make your, if that, if that makes your defense crater, then uh, you got issues. Right. And and I think like if you're thinking about it in terms of what they could have done, let's say like I. Th- oh, no. Oh, no. Bo. What do you think um, he was going to say, Zach? I think, I think that if they had not traded for Aiden to the first round. He's going in and out. Can you hear me? You're, you're going, going in and, and out. out. Yeah. Um, Don't edit this, okay. Marissa, please. Let, let, let's let's say the sliding doors is instead of trading for A.J. Brown, mm-hmm. they trade down from 18 to the back end of the first round and draft, you know, Dax Taylor, Lewis Seen. And then you add a you know a late second round pick. Would you feel better about the roster with no, that and no AJ Brown? Of course not, right? So, um, yeah, I think you're right. You can't you can't you can't be perfect everywhere. I am intrigued by Chuck Clark. Uh, I I think he's a good player. He's a Philly native, so he oh. might have a soft spot with me. Where did he go uh, to high school? Well, he 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 grew up in Virginia, went to Virginia Tech, but was mm-hmm. was born in Philly. Where and, did he meet his uh, wife? Hospital that I don't know. Um, but. Uh, you know, he, he's a player who was only who, 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 who were only talking about them potentially trading because Kyle Hamilton, they did not expect to drop. I, I read in a story, I forget who put this out there. Um, but, uh, you know, John Harbaugh, when they brought Kyle Hamilton in, said, like, what are you doing here? You're not going to fall to us. Right. Um, and, and so, uh, Kyle Hamilton, the fact that he's on the Ravens now, I, I've been reading that they're envisioning this three safety look. That includes Hamilton, Clark, you know, and obviously they signed Marcus Williams. Uh, but if if they do go with a traditional, you know, Ravens defense and don't go with the three safeties and and Clark is expendable, he's he's kind of the the player, the price point, the age profile that the Eagles should be looking for. 
Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, if I, I, if I'm with you. If I'm them, I wouldn't really be giving him away. I mean, not only depth, but their linebacker situation is not good. So if you want to play more dime, if you feel if you view Kyle Hamilton as kind of a movable guy, uh, Chuck Clark is certainly a physical sort of strong safety type guy. Then uh, you know, unless there there's something really appealing, I would just if I were them, just say, all right, you know, we saw what injuries can do last year. Let's just hold on to good players. All right, if you had one summer with no football coverage to live with your family like an idle rich person, what city would you choose based on lifestyle and climate? That's from uh, Chris DeLauro. Why don't you go first, Bob? I thought a lot about this. Um, what now? First, can you define like an idle rich person? That just well, means- yeah. I think we. I, I think if we're like degrees of wealth matter here. Uh, like if we're talking like you know, Jeffrey Lurie level uh, wealth, like you can just, <laughs> you know, sit on your hands and knees and, you know, hire a private chef for meals and, and not worry about anything. It changes the calculation a little bit. Um, and in that scenario, I'm looking for, uh, you know, I, I like a lake. So I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to Switzerland. Give me like an interlocking. Oh, was this not an American, was this not American city? Oh, it doesn't say it could be any city, right? Oh, yeah. okay. I took it as an American city. Yeah. And you tell me like, where do I want to like a dream place to live? Like I love a city. Give me like, like a Paris sounds, sounds wonderful. But for, a, yeah. we're talking just a summer with the family on a lake. You don't have to worry about you're, you're, you're rich enough that you don't have to worry about like where, where are we getting our food from? Give me, give me a Switzerland. Okay. You see, so yeah. So this this is hard for me because I've I'm I'm I've, I've never really been like a leisure traveler. You know, it's it's usually business travel. So like I I know he's gonna go Jamestown, New York. No, no, no because I, I well, <laughs> like my point is is I I don't have Green like, Bay, a, Wisconsin a, in the summer. I, I I don't have a vast reservoir of summer places. Most of my travel has been in the fall, right for football season. You know, and and, and so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's cliche to say like the Jersey Shore, right? So I would probably say um, I I don't love humidity if I'm if I can choose anywhere here. So I like that you're about to apologize for like hating the thing that everybody hates. Like I don't want to be rude to humidity. Here, but, like, I, I mean, don't. what a what a twisting so, road he's taking us down. So not, I would. He's and, not going to be cliche and say the obvious yeah. Jersey Shore. No, yeah, out so, of any city. Um, and like like you know, and and so you. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm not the type who's just going to like sit idle all day either. So it'd be good to be proximity to have some type of proximity to, you know, a baseball game or something like that. So I probably say Southern California, but as I say this, I've never been in Southern California in, in the summer. So I I don't Mm. know what it's like Do people is, you know, but every time I I've been in Southern California, I'm like, I see why this is such a popular place to live. Like I can see why Lincoln Riley would go to USC. This is, a, this is a great place to live. So uh, they don't have humidity. The, the weather's good. You have the beach, but you have so much to do in, you know, LA, Orange County. So I'd probably say Southern California. Uh, I took it, like I said, as, as us only. So that was my uh, mm. mistake there. The two that stood out, I thought Bo was going to go with this one. Cause I know he has a fondness for this city. I mean, if you're, if you're rich and you can do a Chicago, yeah. uh, in the summer, I mean, Chicago is a great summer city, Zach, it would fit, you know, you could just be living downtown penthouse lifestyle. You got two, you got two baseball games. You got you two go baseball teams head over to Wrigley. I mean, you can watch day baseball. Uh, you got a lake there. 
plenty of great restaurants. You can walk all over the place. So I, I would say Chicago would definitely rank high up there for me. And then uh, the Pacific Northwest. Now it's gotten very, it's gotten a lot hotter in the Pacific Northwest, I think, than it used to. But uh, you know, listen, my What's old responsible uh, for that. My old town of Kirkland, Washington, or if you pick another Seattle, uh, something around Seattle there, you know, and you have some money to spend, uh, those are great places to, to spend the summer very uh, leisurely, uh, beautiful weather, not too humid. Again, it's, it's changed a little bit now, but uh, less humid certainly than the, uh, than the Northeast and Great Lake there. So there you go. What do you got, Marissa? Um, so, uh, initially I was thinking international too. And I was thinking I would love to spend a summer in Italy. Um, mm, the Amalfi coast. Somewhere. Yes. Yeah. I did see a few comments like that in the chat. Michael probably would not enjoy a summer in Italy because it's very hot. I mean, he would love the food obviously, but it's very hot there. Um, so kind of along the same lines as Zach was thinking, maybe the beach, like the Jersey shore I would love or yeah. Southern California, I think would be probably the best for our family, but I would love to be near, I'm more of a beach person. So mm. I would definitely gear it towards the beach, but obviously I don't, I don't like humidity. Michael doesn't like humidity either. So controversial would, episode here. Yes. <laughs> sorry to humidity. But, um, yeah. Probably somewhere near the beach, but uh, definitely Italy. If I uh, could, you know, go all out for sure. So. Okay. Maybe a little Santorini would be another yeah. one. Mm, that? Love a Santorini. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're talking. Wait, that's in Greece? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've never been there either. That's where I went on my honeymoon. I, mean, I don't think anyone's ever asked me where I went on <laughs> no. my honeymoon. That's where I went for my honeymoon. Yeah. I, I want to go there, Mykonos, all of those places. Yeah. Um, We've never asked you where you went on your honeymoon? I don't know. Is this mm. sound like new information that I'm telling yes, you? Yes, that's definitely It feels new. like new information that I'm saying. But yeah. How long were you guys there for? This 10 days to two weeks, mm. something like that. Nice. We did do Mykonos. We did. Did you do uh, a little like, uh, you get one of those like ATVs, like beach no. hopping from beach to beach? No, you must not know my uh, wife very well. She would not be getting on one of those bad boys. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right. Uh, back to football. Lot, so a lot of questions on on Jalen Hurts and what the offense is going to look like. Let's start with Defam Deniz, uh, who asks, Turkeys to the kingdom. These four potential outcomes. The Eagles make the playoffs and Jalen Hurts is the 2023 starter. The Eagles make the playoffs and Jalen Hurts is not the 2023 starter. The Eagles miss the playoffs and Jalen Hurts is the 2023 starter. And the Eagles miss the playoffs and Jalen Hurts is not the 2023 starter. A lot of questions about you know how, how much on the hot seat Jalen Hurts is, what he needs to do in order to be the quarterback next year. How do you guys see these uh, potential scenarios playing out? We'll start with you, Zach. So I I went um, 33, 33, 33, and one. And the 33, and the, so the so two 33s are they make the playoffs and he's either back or not back, right? So I, I think there's a, mm -hmm. a, a two-third chance, basically, that they make the playoffs, right? And I think, in, and then it's 50-50 it's whether he's he's back or not from there. I think there is a 33. There's a third chance that that they don't make the playoffs, and in that case, he's not coming back. It would really surprise me if they don't make the playoffs and he is coming back. Right. I think with the team that they built, if they fail to make the playoffs, I think they seek a quarterback upgrade next offseason. Uh, Zach, where did you come up with the? So you're saying there's a 66 percent chance that they make the playoffs? No, that's in my own. 
that's my own math. unbelievable that's, that's, job because I got some math to back it up. You pretty oh, really? much nailed okay. exactly what it is. Wow. Okay. All right, good. So, okay. Uh, what do you think the Eagles' uh, odds are to make the play playoffs? Like plus, you know, one hundred minus three hundred. What do you? What, I haven't what looked you at say? those lines. So yeah. So uh, guess plus one fifty. Good exercise. Plus one fifty. Bo says. Yeah. yeah. Let's say let's say plus one fifty one. Just to. The the betters are loading up on your Philadelphia Eagles, baby. Believe the hype. Minus one ninety to make to the playoffs. Wow, the playoffs. Uh, act, so I was trying to find out: is there a way to equate this to a percentage? Action Network, tremendous calculator. Didn't even know this was a tool. Uh, that equates to a sixty-five point five percent chance. To make the playoffs, Zach um, nailed it. Unbelievable job by you. So, uh, again, I don't know why I put this much time into these questions, but I, maybe we were off for a week and I said I can't just mail this one in. That would be rude. Uh, That's so, literally what we're doing. We're ma- right. yeah. <laughs> So I have them making the playoffs, and Hertz is the 2023 starter. Now, I didn't, I didn't view these two possibilities as, as equal as Zach did. I have it more likely that if they make the playoffs, that Hertz is going to be the 2023 starter just slightly i have that at 40 turkeys mm, that's uh, what Eagle, I have. eagles make the playoffs and hertz is not the 2023 starter uh 26 turkeys that would obviously be a scenario where you say man we have a good roster uh hertz was okay but we need to move on and get you know get someone an upgrade here uh miss the playoffs and hertz is the 2023 starter i'm pretty much with you zach a little bit higher i put it at five it's it's hard for me to envision that scenario other than, man, they just couldn't, you know, they explore options to upgrade and they just come up empty. So eh, not totally different than what happened uh, this offseason, but maybe to another degree. And then Eagles missed the playoffs uh, and Hertz is not the 2023 starter. I have at 29 turkeys. I have basically the exact same thing. I have 45, uh, What's that? Fifty-five, yeah, twenty-eight on uh, make, and he's not the starter. And twenty-seven on miss. Um, I, I just think that the the one thing, like the, the the thing that this conversation misses, is that it's like it's not just up to the Eagles. Like they can't just say, okay, we're we're going to go find a quarterback. Let's go find a quarterback. Like it, it everything depends on what the options are. Like exactly. they could want to upgrade on Jalen Hurts, and there's nobody better, or exactly. they could not want. You know, I guess they the the. the Reverse doesn't apply. They can't not want to and then get one. But yeah, I just I, I the the whole conversation is so theoretical. It, it doesn't. They don't. They don't have the full agency here. It it depends entirely on what is available. So well, yeah. Although they do, just hey, as they were hey, this year. Yeah. Although every every uh, you know, there's always a price that gets you to what you want. Not always. That's not true. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they'll, if I, you like a couple they'll be quarterbacks, more to overpay. But like, you know, yeah. if he is as if he's exactly what he was last year. You know, that were you know maybe they maybe they put all their chips in for Derek Carr or something like that, which I think no, is unlikely. I don't but I think so. I had to double check this to make sure since you guys were plus one fifty, yep, minus one ninety, Eagles to make the plus plus yeah, one fifty to not head. make it. Okay. Also, one thing on 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 Hertz too, and I I hope I'm not uh, defeating a straw man here, right? But uh, they 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 don't need to make a contract decision on him this off like like next off season. They can go into year four with him on his rookie deal. There's this, this thought that if he's their guy, they need to extend him next off season. And that's, that's not the case. They can have him for an inexpensive salary on year four, and then have the option of tagging him or signing him the year thereafter. You, you, you don't want to be in a situation like Washington was with Kirk cousins, where you're giving the tag out year after year. 
but it's it's not as if like next January or February they need to decide whether to make Jalen Hurts a, a thirty million dollar quarterback. I, right. I I don't think that's the case. I mean, he would have to perform. It's almost hard to envision a scenario where that does happen because from an Eagles, you know, he would have to perform as what like a top eight quarterback next year. That's one of those. That's one of those patented Kapadia good problems to have. Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, because if he's a top eight quarterback next year, so if it, let's say you're Jalen Hurts' agent and he performs like that, well, if you play that well, then you're saying forget thirty million. You're in the forty million dollar range given his age. If he puts out a top eight uh, performance season, and if you're the Eagles, are you saying, well, it's only one year? Are we sure right. we want to do that? And so, like, if he's twelve, then the Eagles are like, who are you crazy? You know, what? No, we're not giving. Why? Why would we even discuss an extension right now? So I, I almost think that's like a middle ground that will probably be hard to find unless he's just so damn, you know, if he wins the MVP or something or you win the Super Bowl, then yes, then you're, yeah, then you're probably paying him uh $40 million or a year or, or higher than that uh, at that point. And everybody's happy because you have an amazing quarterback. So in terms of what the offense will look like, Nick wants to know, how do you think the pass run ratio classic conversation will look in 2022? Do you think we're going to see like uh what we saw in the second half of the season or, or is the investment in the pass catching weapons enough to make us know that they're going to try to open things up a little bit more. I expect them to try to open things up a, a lot more. Now it's incumbent upon Jalen hurts being better than he was last year. I, I think the way they played last year was out of necessity. I, I, I don't think it, it was the way they wanted to play. And I think if, if hurts makes strides in the passing game, certainly the, 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 Weapons will be better. The, you know, the options in the offense, I, I should I should say the options are going to be better in the passing game. Um, so I, I think that if they are running the ball at the rate that they did last year, uh, that's problematic. And that probably indicates what they think of their quarterback. I'm really torn on this to, to be quite honest, I, you know, it's a simple question, but like a really hard question. I mean, I don't know what we're going to be talking about four weeks in. Uh, can you really justify coming out and firing the ball all over the field when that screwed you in the first half of last season and you actually found something in the second half of last season with the run game? I mean, are you really going to come out and do what you did last September when it didn't work? On the other hand, Zach's absolutely right. We know what the, the organizational thinking is, that you can't win big unless you can be a very good passing team. We know that they they believe that. We know that they added A.J. Brown. So maybe they do come out and say, all right, let's see if Hurts actually uh, improves, in which case we could be looking at a situation where October 1st, we're going, why aren't they, you know, why why'd they come out and do this again when we just saw it last year? So I don't, I, I really uh, am on the fence here. Uh, I don't know what it's uh, what it's going to look like. Obviously, there's a middle ground there. It's not just the two uh, extremes, but I do think it's sort of a, a difficult thing to predict. I think, yeah, this is not an answer, but I think that like Nick Sirianni's answer is that he wants them to be able to do both, right? I think he wants them to be able to be uh, game plan dependent, that there are going to be games when they're going to be just like they were in the second half of the season, and there are going to be games where they think it makes more sense to spread things out. They want to be able to succeed at doing both. Obviously, that's easier said than done. And it probably won't play out exactly that way, but I think that's their intention. Well, they should get a lot of, uh, you know, the, the coverages they get, 
should be more predictable than a lot of other teams because I think teams will have to play more single. You know, there's all this too high stuff uh, around the league, but teams will have to play more single high. You know, when they come in, they'll say, yeah, let's play single high. Let's put make sure we commit enough resources to the run and see if they can beat us with the pass. So now you're kind of limiting a little bit, uh, maybe what teams can do with their coverages. Hmm. All right, let's bounce around a little bit here. I don't want to give us uh, too long since we've already gone over an hour. But since uh, when? Who the who the hell is this guy? He's wearing a collared shirt. He's wearing a button down <laughs> with sweatpants, and now he's saying he doesn't want to go too long. I don't even know what's happening here. Sheila, if you had to pick one member from BWF to babysit and house sit for you while you were on vacation with the missus yeah. for a week, with no cell service or any way to contact home, who would it yeah. be and why? Uh. Well, you know, I, I would trust uh, all three of you to be uh, quite honest and do that. Uh, I went with Marissa. Uh, I don't know if that's the. I, I, would say I like feel she, like I shouldn't count. I feel like this should be between both. No, yeah. well, I'll go through all three. Don't worry, I'll rank all three. I'm not ducking the question. Uh, I went with Marissa, even though she's the only one that doesn't yeah. have kids. I mean, come on, she would be so yeah, responsible. I mean, yes. She'd take care of that. The house would probably be left in better shape than like <laughs> we left it to her. Uh, my daughters, I feel like, are more. Uh, comfortable around women, authority figures, you know, whether it's uh, teachers, coaches, whatever. Not that they're, you know, they have a male T-ball coach they're fine with, but that initial, if you're saying like, all right, you know, this is kind of a big thing. Mom and dad are gone for the weekend. You can't contact us at all. I feel like uh, they would uh, be more likely to relate, be comfortable, uh, act well around Marissa. So she was one. Now listen, Bo and Zach, both great fathers. I would trust both of you. Uh, I went with Bo number two, Zach, let me explain. Uh, because I feel like Bo would be like, so focused, like he would be pulling out all the stops. Like he would view this as like, <laughs> I, if I fail here, I will never hear the end of it. It's like, probably true. I need Naya and Lila to love me by the end of this weekend and just he'll like any, any dad trick, any joke he has, anything he has, he would pull out all the stops to make sure uh, he succeeds there. Uh, Zebra, listen, if you want to come over and watch the girls for a weekend, I would absolutely trust you. My only worry would be, you know, like uh, the Eagles sign like a backup linebacker. Right. Maybe you drive down to the Novacare complex and forget like the, the girls are, you know, in the basement watching something. And uh, so you're, you're, this is, you'll take this as a compliment. You're a little too committed to work where if I have that little, you know, seed of doubt or I need to decide between you and Bo, that's why I would go Bo uh, ahead of you. So I don't, I don't think you would take offense to that. That's fine. That's fine. They only asked me this question. Yeah, yeah it's true. You know, Zach, though, you would be very popular, though, because I think you would definitely take them uh, a little water ice, I know, is one of your go-to Absolutely. Moves, right? mm. yeah, 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 we would do activities. My kids love water ice. Yeah, yeah we would do activities. We The zoo, you know, we, oh, Constitution Center. Love, yeah. yeah. There's, yeah, yeah. We, you have a sweet I tooth. My kid, listen, Naya great. has a sweet tooth. Yeah, she would love that. All right. All right, good answer. Uh, uh, Zach, question for you from Rohan. Best road trip for fans on the calendar this season? Uh, great question. Um, so I would say, I mean, Chicago's a great city, right? Now you wish that that wasn't in December, all right? It, it, if that was in September, that's that's the no doubt number one. Um, Arizona is uh, is a great place to go. Now, if you're just going for the game, you're not getting a great atmosphere, right? From a football perspective, you're you're pro you're not in you know Phoenix or Scottsdale long enough to probably to probably really appreciate it. You probably need to extend it on either end if you're if you're gonna hike camelback or, or drive up to sedona 
or something like that. Uh, so I, I would say, um, is Sedona is the, I have never been to Sedona. I feel like I hear a lot of hype around a Sedona. It's, it's what fine. You know, it's, 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 it's just, it's, it's vast desert land. You know, Scenery. there's, okay. there's a famous peak, uh, I'm sorry, pink Jeep tour that, you know, you can drive the pink Jeeps and it's essentially off-roading. Um, mm, I don't and, know. Like, uh, on that. On that like Mar Marissa's backing you up on the pink Jeep. <laughs> I've, I've wanted to do that. That is okay. on one other place that I would like to go. But Sedona is the place you have to go when it's not really hot because mm. this time of year, I think it's pretty brutal there. So, but it's on the I, pink Jeep tour for sure. I recall um, back in Shields, Birch 24-7 days, um, Sheil and Tim had a loyal reader who worked at NASA and so when they went to Houston, shout out Jason Hot D5. Yeah. This was this was the 2014 game. They got like a behind the scenes tour of the Space Center. Is that right? Yeah, that was um, awesome. So yep. so if if Shield can hook you up, I mean that Houston Thursday night game because Thursday gives you all all day to mm, do true. that. Act Bowen with me on that. Yeah. Oh, was, yeah. We had a great yeah, time. That was Bo. Yeah, okay. I picked up Bo from the hotel early stages of our relationship. I believe that's there you right. Go. Um, so, uh, so, uh, so Houston would be high up there. And the thing about Houston is you're there only once every eight years. Right. So, uh, if you miss this chance, you know, you might not be back for an Eagles game for eight years. And uh, unless this, this, this new 17th game adds a new wrinkle, but with the traditional way to schedule. And then the, the last thing I'll say is, is that, uh, I, I know this happens every year, but to me, a game in Jerry world, you know, is, is an event and a Christmas Eve game. I, I, you know, mm. a, a big, you know, they're the top team in the division. The Eagles are on their tails. I imagine that game it's, it's what week 16, third to last week of the season. Right. Um, that's going to be a, 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 a real big game for both teams. Um, and it's gonna be a fun atmosphere. I imagine. So I, I would say that would be up there for a road destination as well. Yeah, I feel like it's it's rare that that you would consider that like there there's usually going to be a like a more exotic location uh, that's going to be more fun. And so for this particular set of road games, you can make the case that if you haven't been to to Jerry World now, now is the the, the time to do it if you're only going to go to one. But what do you remember from that uh, Houston NASA trip? I have a vision in my head. Uh, I remember the like the just the control room, like the like the okay. the Apollo thirteen looking control room. That was very cool. Uh, that was very cool. I remember we went to a bar with again D Pop, uh, Jason Hunt afterwards, and then we went to our cars. And wasn't there like a couple just like uh, making out very aggressively on like a pickup truck? And you're like, this is Texas right here. Do I don't remember that, that? But that sounds you don't correct. remember that. All right. Uh, Jason hot. I remember we had good. I remember that could have been very, another trip. I took to Houston. I remember <laughs> we had very good, like chips at that bar. I feel like okay. that was the thing that I remember. I don't remember that. All right. So that was, I would say, so I didn't know this question was just for Zach. So I'm just going to jump mm. in here. Cause I did the, uh, yep. you know, I, I feel like that Chicago trip, even though it's December could be a little underrated, you know, mm. you go to Chicago. I'm not saying Chicago in December is nice, but I think you have a chance at a snow game there. Uh, if you love a snow game, that's pretty exciting. And uh, the Bears are going to stink. So you have like, you know, and the Eagles could be very good at this point. So that could be a very festive uh, if you're into, you know, uh, having a pop or two, uh, you know, that could you be a Western. Festive, I, I like the reference. Yes. Yeah. A little festive atmosphere where you may be. What do they drink there? Old, old style. What, what are those? Bo? The, the Chicago yeah. beer. You don't How about, know. Or you can you could get some Frenette. Okay. Don't know what that is. Is that a beer? Like liquor. It's like a gross liquor. Okay. 
All right. Uh, you, the other thing Chicago has going for it, I mean, walk from the hotel to the, mm. now again, it's going to be cold, but uh, you know, you stop on the way, you have a drink here, you go inside, you warm up, you keep, I love a walk from a hotel to a stadium. And that's one of the best uh, in the league. I remember, I think it was a Brandon Brooks at one point during an Eagles Bears game. Uh, that we yeah, no, that was that playoff the, game, the double doink. After the game, he said, I saw you walking on the uh, yeah, we were walking, walking on the and the bus yeah. drove right past us, yeah. yeah, when the bus drove right past us. So, I like that. Uh, you know, Arizona is Arizona's for some people, I don't know that it's for me, it's the you know, the Florida of the West, which is fine. You know, some people enjoy a Florida of the West, it's October, so you're not really jonesing for that warm weather quite yet. You know, if that was like December, I think it might be more attractive there. And uh, I agree with you on Dallas, I mean, this might be a nice year. If you're not worried about, uh, if you don't have Christmas plans, if you don't have to be with family, uh, because man, that Cowboys team could be sinking at that point. I mean, Sean Payton could be in the stands there. Mike McCarthy could be doing something crazy. The Eagles could be clinching the division. And, uh, I enjoy every road trip we take, uh, to, uh, we took in the past to Dallas, maybe stay in a little Fort Worth, mm. see DFOP Ed, uh, lots of opportunities there. So I think you nailed the big ones. You guys look so bored. What are you no, guys? How, how come I want to stay longer? I want to know. You no, guys, no, no, I like you guys couldn't look more bored. You just want to leave? Get what do you have? Big plans yeah. this afternoon? It's June 1st. What else are you going to be doing right now? Look, the road trip questions are a little tough for me right now. So, uh, ah, okay, <laughs> gotcha. Right, hey, We're you didn't sorry. mention that Cleveland in the preseason. That's true. That's still an option, oh, too. We'll, oh, that's number one. Lake Erie's beautiful. We got to do some kind of event for that. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's not far, it's driving distance. We'll have okay. all the listeners in the football. area come over to your, your place for breakfast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You know, my, my grandma used to make breakfast every Sunday for all of my cousins. So oh, I feel yeah, like she would, so, she would want me so to do nice. that. So, yeah. or lunch well, we can do, but yeah, yeah or lunch. <laughs> yeah, that was a joke. <laughs> uh, Sheila, I want to know like, what are the other questions here that you have prepared well for? I don't want your prep to go uh, oh, wasted. I think we got to a lot of them. Best meal, summer city, Gainwell, Dayton All right, Here was one. I don't even know. Oh, here, here was a question. I don't know who said this, Bo, but because uh, I just wrote down there like the Cliff okay. Notes version, but I believe it was uh, Turkeys on 2023 quarterback Jalen Hurts, rookie or a veteran on another team. This is from K Money. Okay. I'm going 40 turkeys on Jalen Hurts, 35 turkeys on a veteran, 25 turkeys on a rookie. Interesting. What really? What so you're going. You're, you're going Lamar Jackson over rookie. That's interesting to me. Yes, I think it is more. I think it is more likely that they're going to try to find a veteran. Then I think that they will be able to find a veteran. Then that they'll push their chips in for a rookie. Because if there's a great rookie, you know Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, the Eagles are not going to have a top five pick. If if like who's going to give up? Who's who's going to have an early pick? Who's going to be able to draft one of those guys? Who's who would rather have? You know the Eagles' two first-round picks, or Jalen Hurts, like Jets. Yeah, okay, maybe it could be like the Jets. If the Jets are there, they're cleaning house and they're they're drafting one of those guys. Maybe the Saints aren't good. Maybe that Saints pick is. Uh, oh, there you go. Top, uh, I think I just think it's. Yeah. I, I think everybody wants a great young rookie. Not everybody yeah. would be willing to trade for a a veteran quarterback. Plus, they're going to have a roster that's is theoretically ready to win. So, so maybe what you need is Bryce Young to be a little up and down. 
because uh, I'm our, as you know, I'm already all in on Bryce Young. I don't, unless he has some career altering injury, I'm all in on it. So maybe, you know, if you're an Eagles fan, you root for him to be a little uh, up and down and then he slips a little bit. Sorry, ZB, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm just, I, because it's, it's something I've actually spent time thinking about is, is who are the, the, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson candidates next year, right? Like, is it, is Lamar Jackson going to be available? Is Kyler will is, is I'm sorry, is Kyler Murray Harvey Weinstein? I, I'm going to be available. Um, I'm just talking about like the Sean Watson comp. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm okay. Um, I like, are there or is there a uh, an aging veteran somewhere else? Like, could could the I don't think the Justin Herbert negotiations would ever reach a point where. Justin like Herbert. No, no, oh no. My I'm gosh. So that's I'm about the trying... least likely player in the exactly. NFL to be traded. I no, so that's, just... what, so, so, so that's what I'm saying. Like, if you, if you go on for who's like that, that, you know, I mean, Lamar Jackson was the MVP two years ago. I imagine he'll reconcile, you know, I, I imagine he'll work something out with uh, Baltimore. But I, I'm just, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what veterans are going to be available in a year from now. Yeah, I disagree with Bo. I've got 45 on Hertz, 35 on a rookie, and 20 on a uh, veteran on another team. Uh, I think Kyler Murray is the big one to watch. It seems like something's happened behind the scenes there where, uh, from a contract perspective where it seems more likely now that something will get done maybe than it did a month ago, but I still think that thing could kind of go down the drain. Now, if they sign a contract this summer, maybe that means they're not going to trade him. But man, if he goes into week one without a deal, that uh, that's sort of the name to watch. For me, I feel like a rookie is more likely because evaluations of these rookies are going to vary. I don't think anyone will look at these guys as like the Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow type, no-brainer, number one, type, especially for someone like Young. I mean, there are going to be teams who are going to be already knocking him uh, for his size, so I don't think he'll be for everybody. I think you have a situation where you have some terrible teams uh, who could be picking in the top five who might have just spent some resources on a quarterback, and so maybe they will be less likely to do so. Maybe C.J. Stroud goes number one. Maybe someone talks themselves into Will uh, Levin. I mean, I don't know. There are all sorts. I, I just feel like there are the more chances guy. that you like somebody more than other teams and that you can make a big trade there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, besides Jalen Hurts, oh. asks Kush Tom, who on the roster who has the platform to make the biggest leap forward? Ooh, this season. is a good one. I feel like platform-wise, my, my mind goes to Marcus Epps. Is that kind of because that kind of silly? I mean, he's gonna yeah. he, he's going from a backup to a starter. I don't know. I mean, I think they, okay. okay. Uh, uh, you want to keep going on that? I'm not really. I just <laughs> like. No. I just no, feel I like, I, feel like I, mean, uh, I think about the other positions. It's like there are a lot of known quantities. There, yeah, there, aren't, there aren't a lot of guys who I feel like can make like a a jump to the next level. I think that the 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 three players they signed to contract extensions last year, not including Maddox, right? I, I think Sweat, Goddard, and 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 Jordan Mailata have the chance to go to that next tier at, at their position. I, I think you know Sweat can be a double digit sack player. I think Dallas Goddard can be a top five tight end in the NFL. I think Jordan Mailata, we might be talking about him as the best left tackle or or at least one of the best left tackles in the NFL. I, I think those are the guys who have the next gear in their game. Yeah, I thought, uh, now again, we can interpret this question differently. 
but I thought my, my Lada was the first guy mm. who came to mind. I mean, good right now, viewed as a good, solid left tackle player on the rise. I'm with Zach. I mean, Jordan Mailata could be the first team all pro left tackle. Yeah, I, th- next I, I think he. Yeah, I think that's a good. He's probably I mean, like he could, nationally. I sort of view him that, that way already. I think his national profile is is ready yeah. to explode. Yeah. yeah, I mean he he could be one of the most valuable offensive linemen in the NFL given his age and his ceiling by the end of the year. So Mailata was the first one that uh, came to mind. I sort of think Goddard might have a tough time given the AJ Brown you know, and uh, trade and the, just the targets to go around. And then I don't think they're going to be a heavy passing offense, even if they get a bump up, but maybe, uh, I thought Josh sweat was certainly a good one. Yeah. I'm with Zach, you know, he could have 12, 13 sacks. That would not shock me. Uh, how about Landon Dickerson? People will be surprised mm-hmm. to, you know, hear me say that given what I thought of the pick, but, uh, he was a good player last year. And if he's healthy, he absolutely could be an all pro guard uh, this year. And so I think he's a good one. Uh, Milton Williams is probably a good hipster pick. I don't know that he's going to get enough snaps. I mean, you, you don't want anyone to get injured, but you would almost need an injury uh, so that he gets enough snaps. But I do think he has the ability to make that kind of leap. Like if they didn't uh, bring Fletcher Cox back, if they didn't draft Jordan Davis and you said Milton Williams was going to start, right. he might be the first name out of my mouth there. Best Are interior we sleep- rookie pass rusher in the league last year. Okay. Are we sleeping on, on Devonte Smith? Um, and it's just, it's something I'm, I'm kicking around cause there's a story I'm, I'm working on, but, um, what did, like, he, what did he have last year? What were his final numbers? You like nine, six, or something okay. like a, around there. Yeah. Six or no. What's that? Did he have 60 <laughs> catches. <laughs> yeah, I believe he did. Right. Okay. Um, no, that's the, that's the binary <laughs> good season or not. <laughs> that's not the binary. Good I think the opportunities are going to um, be tough with AJ Brown. And with well, I, think that's a good, I think, I think that's a good, I think that's a good framing because there's a, like, there's a chance that he's, that he is the best weapon on the team and AJ Brown is second banana and Devonte Smith, you know, explodes. I think that's a possibility. Yeah. Like the possible, not probable. I would I'm say. just curious is it like, what's considered a good season next year for Devonte Smith? Because I think in Devonte Smith's eyes, like 916 yards next year, won't be a good season for him. Right. Um, so I, I think Devonte views himself like, you know, like a, a top billing type player. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I th- I mean, in terms of expectations, I I don't I wouldn't be disappointed with 900 yards if he's playing well. I mean, I think it's sort of you know we've talked about how wide receiver is the worst position to play. You're you're like uh, at the mercy of all these other factors, so it wouldn't necessarily reflect uh, poorly on him. Now, if Goddard or AJ Brown like goes down, then you know those numbers would probably pop up. So. Matt wants to know, Zach, what are your top three college football game day experiences? Yeah, so I, I saw this question. I'm sorry to say, like, this is no knock on the ACC, but I covered the ACC, right? And before that, mm-hmm. I, I covered the Big East um, when I was in college. So I, I've i never covered the, uh, the SEC, and I didn't have uh, – the teams I covered, Virginia and Virginia Tech, didn't have um, non-conference games in the SEC. So I, I really didn't get those atmospheres. So uh, I'll say this, Virginia Tech on a Thursday night, is awesome. Mm. You get you go to Lane Blacksburg. Stadium on a Thursday night. Enter they play Sandman. Enter, they play Enter Sandman. Um, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. Like that is a Blacksburg on a Thursday is awesome. They're gonna they have cover. a special teams or defensive touchdown yeah, that yes. night. Um, I covered uh, a, a, a game in Lincoln, Nebraska in in two thousand eight. Uh, it was a Virginia Tech Nebraska game, and that was awesome. Um, I mean, I mean that's a that that's a really cool venue. You who know, was on they, that Nebraska team? Who was on it? Um, Brooks Bollinger. 
No, he, I, Tommy uh, Frazier. You know, that's a good question. Eric Crouch. No. Scott Frost. I, I, need, I mean, I can tell you everyone on that Virginia Tech. Dominican Sue. Dominican Sue might have been on that team. He he might have been on it. Um, I can tell you everyone on that uh, Virginia Tech team. Macho Harris had a big interception in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Sue would have been on this team. And, and then uh, – just, just after? And then I'll say Clemson now. He was on that team. He oh, was on that team. Okay, there yes. you go. Dominican Sue. Um, and then uh, – Zach, I feel like you need to name one since Bo named one. Right. Yeah, it's kind Can of you? embarrassing. No offense. Uh, <laughs> on, on that Nebraska team? Um, I got the roster up. Let me, uh, let me scroll, see if there's any under that. Oh, man. Yeah, let's Whoa. see here. All right, this guy's not wow. going to sleep. Yeah, this is tough. He just ruined his week, Marissa. Sheesh. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, while Zach thinks about it, uh, I was near College Park uh, over the weekend. You know, we visited uh, some family We got big and- things coming to College Park this weekend. Big things coming to College Park. Maryland baseball, for the first time in 51 oh. years, won the Big Ten. And wow. they will be hosting... Uh, the uh, regional this weekend, and one of the teams there is Wake Forest, number so. two seed Wake Forest, and number Big three weekend. seed UConn. So yes. it's, it's really bringing everybody together. Interesting. Yeah, and shout uh, out to Maryland uh, men's lacrosse winning the yeah. title this weekend. Big Big Terps weekend for sure. How about that? Uh, I was at uh, we. So now my kids think every time we do a road trip, you have to stop at a Wawa. This is you know when you. Mm. Uh, uh, grow up in media and so we had to look up where's the nearest wawa beltsville maryland so where that's mm. pg county right so right yep. you take the exit for but you don't go to college park you go the other way and then there was a wawa so that's all so two players that i covered with the giants um oh geez, there's a you? player on here zach that you should 100 percent know well so i, I was gonna say oh, prince mucamara and philip dillard were players on the giants when i covered them who would have been on that nebraska team and then is that correct and then uh, uh, when I covered, yes, uh, that's correct. And who was okay. the other one? Uh, Phil Moore was Dillard. a linebacker. And then Andre's there was older brother. There was a tight end. Yep. Um, who was a wide receiver when I when I was in Washington. So that was around the same time. Niles Paul. He would have been on that team as well. Um, but yep. I'm trying to think who the quarterback was, and I should know the quarterback. And, that and wasn't Adrian Will Martino. Compton was also on that team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Awesome with the boys. Uh, so uh, it, it, and then number three um, was was Clemson. Uh, Clemson. Wow. So so the, so the time that I covered the ACC, Clemson was was not at the level that they're at now, right? But so I I didn't get those great teams. But what I got was you know when they do the 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 countdown from 25 to one at the, at, at the rock. Then they all walk down. Welcome um, to the rock. Yeah. That's, that's a cool place. And, and, uh, and Clemson, South Carolina is, uh, it's not easy to get to. That's a cool spot as well. So but what about, the, what about the games you've gone to like on, on the Eagles beat when you fly? Yeah. So that's early, the thing. Right? So, so you know what? So NFL, um, cities aren't really near some of these great college mm. venues. I thought so you did I, an LSU. You didn't do an LSU? No, I didn't. I I oh, would okay. love to do an LSU. No, I, I I did a TCU. I did a Washington. Um, I I did a Colorado at, at one point. Um, cool but bluff. I haven't been. Uh, uh, I haven't really done these SEC places, and and that's just the the geographical nature of the NFL. Okay. Last year, I have one last week one, one. I, I I wanted to go to, and I should have gone. Alex Henry, I, I good call go from the comments. Game. Alex Henry would have been Ooh, on that team. Wow, gotcha. Okay, there you go. All right. I, you know what? That's funny because I remember for some reason Alex Henry being asked about Dominic and Sue. Like maybe they were playing 
they were playing against him it was like oh i it's remember like this former teammate like yeah. like Dominic, and, and maybe like sue had a story about henry or something like there that. there was something there's yeah. the i i'm with you this is ringing some type of bell <laughs> yeah they might have been like bo- either they were they might have been friends yeah or or, so, or like the or yeah it was always it, it also reminds me of you know every week in the media guide there's like the the former teammates going up against each other and it was always funny when the eagles were going to play the cowboys it was like deshaun jackson's teammate long snapper lp laducer like like i'm sure those two guys spent a lot of time together yeah i don't recall that one i was not asking those questions uh last question i have most touchdowns to another turkeys aj brown Devontae smith dallas goddard i'll go dallas goddard just because of the position Um, how many you got a hundred to use uh oh okay i mean i hate doing 33 33 33 again let's go let's go 40 goddard let's go um 35 smith oh uh, i'm sorry 35 brown and 25 smith Mm. bo i'll go uh just to just to differentiate from zach i'll go 39 aj brown 35 dallas goddard 31 Devonte smith okay uh, i will go different than both of you what do you think the most touchdowns dallas goddard has had in a season is five six five okay aj brown has averaged eight touchdowns a season has had as many as 11 in a season Devonte smith had five as a rookie and so i'm going aj brown i mean this is a big strong uh powerful man by the way zach i was reading your story and uh johnny gann's described jordan davis as a big explosive violent man i don't know if he's a listener and he's trying to say guys update that a little bit uh, or if we do need to update that or not but yeah big explosive violent does that that. replace big strong uh, big strong powerful still has a better ring to it but i'll go 45 aj brown 35 Devontae smith and 20 dallas scott and marissa how about you um <laughs> don't have to. I'll go with I'll go with AJ Brown, Goddard, Devontae Smith. But AJ uh, Brown from Marissa's yeah. Titans, we have forgotten. Yes. That's yeah. right. Wow. Storyline. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Excited. Right. Excited to have him part of uh, the Eagles family now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Marissa's Titans, Mar- Marissa's Panthers, none of them Ooh. have hit. So Ooh. I'm excited to see who will be this year. But yeah, yeah that's not right. doing too hot with that. But Always next year. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, should, should we close how we were going to start See, on a on a on a sad note? Do we should we do this? I don't know. I feel like we should. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, right. I think I think uh, you know. Last week we we it was a day after the the shooting in uh, Uvalde, and I think Shield said it best uh, in our text message. Like, how how often do we have to decide whether to do a show or not? Like it's ridiculous. Um, and it is. And I like I, you know, I still have a uh like a, a pit in my stomach. I'm still very mad, I'm still very sad. Um, if it's like a like a fight or flight thing, my my instinct is like I'm I'm trying to think about like should I should I move my family out of the country? Like that's sort of my my uh mindset right now. Uh and and like if that is the dichotomy, I'm I'm like so grateful for. Uh, people like Shield's wife Jessica, who is like who has been fighting um, for gun control and 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 gun sense 
uh, activism for a long time. Um, and so she pointed us to, uh, to every town, I think, which is something maybe she can give us a little bit more information on. But like, I know that our job is like, people tell us that, um, they, like they need the distraction sometimes and we're happy to give that. Um, we're also like privileged to be able to say we didn't want to do a show last week. And, and whereas everybody else, you know, has to go to work. Um, but with that in mind, like with our, with whatever platform we have, I want, we want to do something uh, that is serving some kind of good. So. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, most of the, a lot of the issues, you can sort of see the other side of it. Uh, even if you vehemently disagree, this is one where like, I really just can't get there uh, with, with how we treat this and like what could be more important than uh, children's lives at stake and children feeling safe when they go to school. I don't understand how anything could be more important uh, than that, regardless of, you know, whether you own a gun or don't. I mean, the idea that like inconveniencing gun owners should be taken into account when this is kind of what we're dealing with. Again, I just don't uh, understand that. Uh, so I was feeling uh, as like many, uh, pretty hopeless. You know, there were, there was a lot, uh, out there that, Hey, Sandy hook was what, nine and a half years ago and nothing has changed. And so I, I was feeling that way. And so my wife did sort of remind me that, uh, that's not true, that, that it's not happening as fast as, uh, I think a lot of people, including myself want, uh, it seems like it should be such a no brainer to many of us who live in this country. Uh, and yet, uh, you know, it's not happening fast enough. However, stuff as so I said, well, all right, what, uh, has changed. And she did direct me to some stuff, you know, nine Sandy hook families won a $73 million settlement in their lawsuit against the gun manufacturer Remington. Uh, that had not happened before. It shows that the gun industry can be held accountable for unfair and deceptive practices, uh, marketing guns to young male consumers, uh, more than 2 million students nationwide now attend schools with secure firearm storage awareness policies in place. Why does that matter? 80% uh, of school shooters obtain their weapon from an unsecured location in either their ho home or the home of a friend or relative. Uh, last year, over 30 gun safety laws passed through state legislatures addressing things like strengthening background checks, uh, buying and selling of ghost guns, which are guns uh, that you can buy the parts online and then assemble them. The Charleston loophole, which is where uh, you know the shooter obtained a weapon uh, because the background check timed out. In other words, if the background check was not completed in three days, you get the gun, which again, a lot of these things you say, how can this be uh, possible? Uh, but the, this is kind of how it has been set up, uh, keeping guns out of the hands of domestic abusers, uh, secure firearm storage. There are, are multiple safes now by law. You're responsible for securing your firearm prop properly. And if you do not, you can be held liable. Uh, dozens of gun lobby bills were defeated. So uh, I think those are some things to kind of keep in mind. Again, I feel like something like this should have happened once. And we should be looking at the rest of the world and saying, why is this happening here? We need to just make drastic right now, immediate change by noon tomorrow. It should be a totally different setup. Uh, and we've seen that that is not the case. And so I, I think at this point, when you kind of look at the gun culture uh, in the country, the, the politics, uh, you have to kind of just aim for a bunch of these 
smaller victories, even if it's annoying, frustrating, uh, not happening as quickly as you would want it to. You kind of have to focus your efforts on a lot of these because I think when these things happen and you think it's going to be a tipping point and everything's going to change, I mean, we've seen that basically that's not going to happen. And so that that just kind of, um, you know, there's no positive spin to put on it. Um, but if you're feeling hopeless about it and feeling like uh, there's no chance that things could change, I understand that. But I think it is important to remember some of those things uh, that my wife kind of laid out here for me and uh, mentioned those that uh, there can be kind of these minor victories that hopefully get us to a safer place where, uh, you know, if nothing else, our, our children are safer. Well said. I, uh, I would simply add to it. You mentioned Sandy Hook, but uh, I was I was 13 years old when when Combine happened. Right, that was 1999. Here I am, 36 now. And we're still having having these conversations. And uh, you know, I drop I drop my son off at school on 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 a Wednesday, the day after this. And, and you could say we had to keep our kids safe, but then over the weekend, I read about I think it was 14 different deaths in Philadelphia. Right, there have been I believe 209 so far this year in Philadelphia alone. Um, so it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Echo everything you guys said, it's senseless. And, you know, I, 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 I agree with what Bo said too. Like part of what we do is, is kind of compartmentalize and, and, and go to work because, uh, you know, we have jobs to do, but then the flip side of that is, uh, we also have a platform here and I am happy. Uh, Bo said what he said and she'll say what he said. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm happy we are taking this time today to say this. All right. Well, I guess that'll do it for this episode of Birth with Friends. <laughs> uh, thanks everybody for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, I think I, I'm on, I'm on vacation. So you guys, you guys can run. Really? Yeah. On vacation. All right. ZB. What are we so, going to do? Yeah, we, can, yeah, we got to away. plan this. All right. You guys can you guys can take over. So yeah. uh, and there's and there's uh, there's actual stuff next week. There's practices, right? So are you go, are you going somewhere? Yes. Are you willing to disclose where? Yeah, we're going no? to Cooperstown. Oh, nice, ah. beautiful yeah. summertime. Okay. That's a great summertime city. How about that? Yeah, right on a lake. You know, I like a lake. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. And um, and just on a on a lighter note too, I, I should say lighter note. We should, but uh, on a different note, um, you know, we have some good content coming up. I, I know Bo's working on. On something right now, I we, we we will have as as Bo said, practice observations off of a practice later this week. We'll have stuff uh, next week. So you know, there's gonna be news in the front office. So there's 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 a lot um, that you can find on the athletic in the coming weeks on the Eagles. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the uh, what you know, what those front office titles are gonna be, what that structure is gonna be. It'll be interesting. So keep an eye out. Uh, so, for Sheil, Zach, Marissa, and Elijah, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. And as always, we love